Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today I have a real special guest called Roger Smith, and we're going to talk about obstacles and leadership. He's the author of The Most Unlikely Leader, An Unbelievable Journey from GED to CEO. And he's the former CEO of the American Income Life Insurance, National Income Life Insurance, and Liberty National Life Insurance Companies. His journey through life is one that has been amazing. And I'm not going to go through that all because I want Roger to tell us his story himself. And welcome, Roger. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a, it's an honor to be on your show and uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Good. Now tell me, tell me about that journey. Let's, let's go back. And, and how did you end up in the driver's seat of such an amazing set of companies? Yeah, it's, um, I, I'll tell you that it, it sure didn't look like it was going to end up that way. You know, at the age of 15, I was homeless. I was a drug addict. I was a high school dropout. So, you know, prospects for a bright future uh, definitely were, were looking slim. Uh, but, but I do believe through, through perseverance, overcoming obstacles, you know, having, having a vision of, of, of where you want to be and not letting anybody or anything drag you off of that vision. Uh, I think that, that you can get there. I mean, I tell people, and the reason why I wrote my book was, listen, there's nothing about me that is special. You know, everything's a learned behavior. And so, so if I could do it, if I could move from, from, you know, those type of odds up to the CEO of three insurance companies, my goodness, imagine, you know, imagine what you can do if, if you don't so, let so, yourself. So let's go back. Away. Let's go back for a minute, Roger, back to you were, I mean, you were a kid that was down and out. I, I mean, really, most people in that situation wouldn't amount to very much. In fact, they'd probably end up strung out on drugs in this day and age. If a kid was like that, they'd probably end up dead because of the bad drugs that are on the street right now and, and that sort doubt. of thing. And, and so how is it that you made the turn? How is it that you literally got off the pavement and got going along this path? So, you know, a couple of things happened. One is that my stepfather had actually brought me into the business of selling insurance. And I slowly started to get confidence in myself and my sales, which which started to change the picture inside. Now, was it that you were turning to those other behaviors because you didn't have confidence that you wanted to end the pain that you were in? Oh, I think so. I mean, I, I think my self-esteem was zero, nil. 
So, yeah, I think that, um, and, and, and also I think that the hippie era was just starting at that time. <laughs> and, and, you know, I was just hitting that rebellious 15. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was a licentious age where anything would go, you know, that, right. you know, drugs were allowed. You could do anything. So therefore do it. And, exactly. and the problem is that those drugs have a big hook with them. They get you hooked and then it's hard to get off them. And I was a, a you know, a functioning addict for over 20 years. So it's not like I was 15 and then 18 and then everything was OK. You know, I was a functioning addict till I was 35. So no, no, it's a long time. Many people say you never stop being an addict, that that it's always in the back of your mind that it's there. In fact, they do not say you're cured. They say you're in recovery, you know. Correct. And, and you know, is that the right way to look at it? Or it is, is there a time that you can actually say, I'm far enough down, I think it's gone? No, no, I think it's absolutely the right way. I think that, you know, you just got to keep that picture of where you were at the very end, right up front in your mind, because you never know. And, you know, so maybe I, I don't get addicted to drugs. Maybe it's another addiction. You know, you just always have to watch out. You always have to be in, on guard. Unfortunately, it's the way it is. Yeah, so it is. I, I, it's I, the way it is for me. Well, and that's not bad. I mean, you were addicted to certain things in your life there, but then you became addicted to success in sales. Yeah. You became addicted to a different form of addiction, which was, <laughs> which was business success. Sure. Sure. It's an interesting thing. You spend as an addict, you spend an enormous amount of energy focused in a negative way. When you recover, you still have all that energy. It's now, can you focus it in a positive way? And if you could do that, it's amazing what can happen. And it's amazing what happened with me. Yeah, and, and I, I think this is why we shouldn't be over punitive in people that are addicts. I, I really think that, remember, these are people. They're people with problems. If yes. we can help get them on the path towards a solution for their problems that that there actually is a better life ahead and right. it, it shouldn't be something that but I, I think sometimes we take the easy, easy way out you know I, I think sometimes you know we we use we have drug programs that help people stay on their drugs and and get I, I don't think that's the right way we've, we've got to help them get beyond that correct Correct. Yes. It's, uh, you know, it's interesting. When I went into rehab, when I got out, I realized that I had many, many years of habits with that addiction. And so when I got out, I did the opposite of everything that I had done. For example, if I put on my left shoe first as an addict, I was going to put on my right shoe first <laughs> as a recovering addict. And, and that's the way I treated everything. It was the opposite because all those habits the old habits got me into trouble. And therefore, I had to relearn new habits that were going to be positive and that were going to be productive. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's a huge thing, you know, 
But, you know, it's interesting. And, and I think you maybe found this along the way. But success often means going 180 degrees from what other people do, that it means going the exact opposite way from what people do. Because a lot of the things that are being done, if you keep following exactly what they did, that's all you're going to get is what they've gotten. Right, right. Well, you know, the old saying, you're either green and growing or ripe and rotting. Yeah. Right. And that's that's absolutely the truth. You, you've got to keep on evolving. You've got to keep on growing from wherever you are, from wherever you are. So, so when you became a leader, what were the characteristics that you had that made you into a dynamic leader? So I think there was four things. I think, I think a leader, the, the first characteristic is that they have to be visionary. You know, they, they have to see further than the people that they're leading. They also have to have influence because you can have that vision, but if people aren't going to follow you, it's not going to do any good. So you have to have influence. And the way you get influence is by, number one, getting results. People want to follow people who get results. They don't have to be huge, but you have to get little positive results that people can follow. And they have to trust you and believe that you truly care about them. And I don't mean caring about somebody for your own self-interest. I mean, really, really caring about the person, their family, their success, all of it. And if you can get results, show them the way, and you can really care about them, uh, you're going to have people that, that have buy-in and you're going to have influence. You need to have strong systems, strong systems. And, and, and most importantly with those systems is you have to be able to inspect the systems. You know, a lot of times people will say, well, why are you inspecting me? Why you don't trust me? And it has nothing to do with trust. It has to do with I've created a system that should work. And for me to make it work, I'm going to have to inspect that all the little pieces are working together. And I think those four ingredients, those four characteristics really make up what, what I believe was, you know, my success as a leader. Now, what would you define vision as? Because that is really one of the fulcrum points of what you're saying. So what mm -hmm. is vision? So I believe vision is being able to see the end result of, of what you want from a certain situation, from the company. Um, you, you're able to see this, and most people will look at it and go, well, that's impossible. I mean, maybe that's it. <laughs> maybe that is actually it. Being able to see what other people think are impossible as the possible, you know, and, and then following through on that and implementing that. Yeah, and perhaps that's what it's all about. Maybe that's what it's about. In, in my mind, there's a couple of other things I'd throw in there. And, and I'd throw in two other characteristics that are really important to, of leaders. One is mindset. Now, you've probably heard that word a lot of times, but I think a true leader has to have 
a powerful mindset Mm. based on optimism, based on the fact that no matter what happens, you're going to overcome it. That truly uh, obstacles will get in the way. But so what? Those are learning opportunities to allow you to get to another level. So I I think having a strong, powerful mindset is something that has to be integral to every true leader. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I mean, I talk a little bit about obstacles and burning your bridges and stuff, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But, yeah, you you have got to be able to figure out that way to overcome the obstacles that you're going to face, and yeah. you are going to face them. And another part of this three-legged stool, mindset, vision, is tenacity or grit. Now, <laughs> that is something that's totally different than the other two. But it's really the glue that makes it happen. I, I mean, you're like a, a punching bag that gets knocked down and you get up again. And yeah. that tenacity is there that it just keeps on going. And uh, it, it's something that happens over and over again. And you have to have that tenacity, that true grit uh, without anything else going on. Otherwise, you're not going to make it happen. Yeah, perseverance is by far, when when I think about my success, I think, okay, what did I do special? Well, I worked hard, but I persevered. While other people were falling off, I was continuing my forward path. So, yeah, grit, perseverance, super, super important. Well, and I, I think people, this is what makes leaders what they are, is, yeah, Crap happens. We know it's going to happen. We know there's going to be setbacks. We know there's going to be recessions. We know there's going to be times when your company doesn't make its profit that you said. There's going to be things that happen in the economy. There's going to be stuff that happens. But you still have that tenacity to keep moving. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I, Total agreement, total agreement. So so that's why I think it, it's important to have that. Now, let's go on a little bit. Who were some of your biggest mentors in your life that helped to give you guideposts along the way to make it happen? So I, I'm a huge believer in mentors and multiple mentors. And when I say this, it's not like, I have a mentor. Oh, I have a new mentor. I'll throw out what the old mentor said. You know, it's aggregate. It's like I learned this and I learned this and I learned this. So uh, I was very fortunate. My my stepfather brought me into the business. So he was like my first mentor and, you know, taught me about about sales and the clothes and the process of the sale. My my second mentor was the founder of the company, you know, who taught me um, not only about social injustices in the world, but but about patience and being patient with people and looking for the best in people as he had looked for the best in me. And then my third mentor was was the mentor was the uh, CEO of the holding company. And he taught me three things that uh, have become mantras in my life. The first thing he said is, listen, Roger, nothing's as good as it seems and nothing's as bad as it seems. And when you realize this, then you don't get hung up 
in the valleys. And you also understand that those real high points in your life, well, guess what? You're going to get hit by an obstacle. It's just going to happen. So that was the first thing. The second thing that he taught me is that uh, to respond to situations, not to react. And I was one of those guys that I was like putting out fires all the time. You know, it's like, okay, oh, I'll react to this. I'll react to this. This is happening. And, and he taught me about just take a breath, take a breath, look at it logically, and then respond to the situation. And then the third thing that he taught me was that if you want to motivate people, then use positive emotion to motivate. If you have to deal with negative, then use data to deal with that. And I'm going to tell you, I was I was one of those guys. I'd yell, I'd do all that. So I, you know, if I read Maxwell's, you know, 21 irrefutable laws of leadership and understood that I broke all the laws. So, you know, so when you understand that and you go, okay, let me use this positive, let me use that emotion. And if it's negative, let me use the data and let the data talk for itself. And these were, all of it was, was you know, big, meant, meant all the difference in my life. Well, I think it's important that a true leader uses mentors in their life. They also use books in their life, like you talked about. Yeah. They, use, they also use all the tools in their life. So in today's day and age, I, I think people would now use podcasts. I, I think they yes. now listen to syndicated radio shows like this one. I think people would uh, use all the resources at their fingertips in, in a way that they've never had possible before, because there are so many things out there for people to do. And and that is what I think people don't do enough anymore. I, I, I think they just want everything to happen to them. They don't see yeah. things out enough. Yeah. And, and, you know, today you are absolutely right. Gosh, there's so many resources out there to, to make you better in whatever you want to be better at, you know, and so much knowledge out there. So, Yes, I agree. I agree. There's multiple resources if if you're determined and 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 you want to evolve. You know, <laughs> some people don't. <laughs> that, that, that's true, Roger. It's definitely <laughs> true. So this this show is called "How to Live a Fantastic Life." Roger, how do you live a fantastic life? I live a fantastic life by setting up goals and achieving them this you know i i get a lot of fulfillment out of doing that and i have a, a, i get a lot of fulfillment out of getting out of my comfort zone and then being successful in that uh i just started acting in a community theater <laughs> and it was i retired and you know the interesting thing was i i used to give a lot of speeches and to be quite candid, I was used to a lot of applause. <laughs> and then when I retired, uh, you know, nobody was applauding. It's like my wife, I'd walk by, she wouldn't applaud. And so I thought, okay, how do I, how do I take care of that part? Let me get out of my comfort zone. Let me be creative. And so I started acting, you know, the, uh, 
the writing of the book was another thing that, that you know, so fulfilling to have completed this and, and you know, see it through to publish um, and, and seeing those things and testing myself and what I can do really, really, really brings me a, a, a lot of fulfillment, a lot of fulfillment. I think that's huge, Roger. And I, I would also, in addition to that, I would tell the audience to do what scares them. You know, <laughs> I think that is something that people don't do enough of. They don't push the edge of the envelope enough and, and think about how things scare them and how if you put yourself in that situation and overcame it, what it would mean to you. Yes. Yes, no, that's exactly what happens. You know, once you get out of your comfort zone, it's all a little scary, isn't it? And uh, to accomplish those things, it's 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 absolutely great. I think that I also think that it's important to have balance in your life. I don't know if I practiced that uh, as much as I should have. Uh, but I now realize <laughs> how important that balance is and, and, and preach it actually every chance sure. I get. Well, that's important yeah, too. Super important. So, so what do you think was your biggest failure that was just a bump in the road for you? Well, I've had quite a few. <laughs> and so I'm not sure that I can just pull one out. Because but but I gotta, were, I gotta commend you. You noticed how you answered that with a laughter. Okay, it really, if you can laugh in the face of of anything, it truly makes a difference. I, I mean, yeah. truly. I, I, I mean, just think about your biggest failure, and you can laugh at it. Yeah, yeah. I will tell you this. I I believe that we have a choice to make in life. And so if you're on a journey and you hit this obstacle and you say, because of this obstacle, I am going to end this journey, then you've written this failure in your life. If you look at that obstacle and you say, I'm going to overcome this and I'm going to keep on my journey, then you just look back and go bump in the road. Okay, you know, I kept on going, but, you know, did, did it sway me a little bit? Sure, it did, but I kept on moving forward. So I think that you, you have a choice as to whether to look at that and say, failure, bump in the road. And like I said, unless you end that journey, that's all it is, is a bump in the road. And I've had a lot of bumps. Well, and, and I think that's what you should do. I, I think anytime you engage in something, and you so-called fail it. I don't think it's a failure. I think it's a learning experience that pushes you even to greater success. That every time along the way, your greatest success has become because of those so-called failures you've had. Yes. Yes, right. Failing forward. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think we learn more from our so-called failures than our successes any day. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that 
those failures, those bumps in the road, I, I think that really starts to, to determine your character and who you are and, and how you confront it and how you overcome it. Um, yes, uh, by far a greater learning experience in, in the obstacle or the bump than, than the successes. And that's where I think we bring it back to those things of tenacity, mindset, and vision, because all those things together help you to get through those bumps on the road. Yep. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, I don't know if I had you know, told you this one philosophy, but it's one that I've kind of lived by. And, and basically, it's, it's very contrary to what people say, because, you know, you've heard throughout your life, you know, don't ever burn your bridges. And, and, and I've always thought the opposite. I've always thought, you know what, burn every bridge that you have behind you. And why I say this is because we hit these obstacles and we, we just give up on our dreams so easily. And we have a plan B and we have an escape hatch and we have all different things if this doesn't work out. But if I've burned that, and I don't mean relationships because unless you want to burn a relationship, but I mean internally to burn that path behind you so that your only path is forward. That's the only way you can go is forward. And it's amazing how creative you get to overcome that obstacle that seemed insurmountable that you're now going through, going over, going around, but going forward and with perseverance, you're going to be able to overcome many, many, many of life's obstacles. I just yeah, believe exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. Right. I, I remember Raphael Nadal, who I think to be one of the greatest tennis players of all time and a true gentleman as well. He was asked after one of his competitions where he lost, whether he uh, was sad by that. He said, why? He said, I put it all on the line. I did my best. He said, there will be another opportunity to win. He said, I learned a lot from this experience. He said, I am so happy I had this chance to, to play this game. He said, do you realize how few people in this world ever has the opportunity to do what they love? Right. Right. That is so humble. I love that. Yeah, exactly. I love that. As I say, one of the truest, greatest <laughs> tennis players of all time, but humble wow. at the same time. Yeah, there's so much humility. I love that. That's great. Roger, we're almost at our end already, believe it or not. Can you tell me how people can get a copy of our of your book and how they can get yes. and, and please repeat the book again, the title yes. of it so people will remember it, and also how they can get in touch with you. Okay. So uh, the book is the most unlikely leader. An Unbelievable Journey from GED to CEO. Uh, you can go to rogersmith.me, R-O-G-E-R-S-M-I-T-H dot me. Uh, you can order the book. You, there's a pre-order on Amazon. The book comes out May the 31st. Or you can get the book right now. Uh, there's a link for that that you could buy directly from the publisher. And then all my social media links are on that same site. So rogersmith.me and you got it, you got it all. <laughs>
Cool. I will. Thank you, Roger. Thank you very much for being here today. And thank you for sharing your wisdom and bearing your soul to our audience. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on the show. As I said, it's, uh, I, I appreciate the opportunity. I really thank do. You, thank you. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening today. And thank you for being part of our audience. Uh, we know you have a lot of other people you can listen to. And uh, please check me out at my website, Dr. Alan Leica, D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Leica, L-Y-C-K-A.com. I, if I can help you in any way, let me know. Or you can write me at alan at dralanleica.com. That's alan, A-L-L-E-N, at D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Leica, L-Y-C-K-A.com. Bye for now. Have a fantastic day. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day.